Welcome to the Daily Bite. I'm your host, Pastor Steve Andrews. Today we're looking at Deuteronomy chapter 32. Give ear, O heavens, and I will speak, and let the earth hear the words of my mouth. May my teaching drop as the rain, my speech distill as the dew, like gentle rain upon the tender grass, and like showers upon the herb. For I will proclaim the name of Yahweh, ascribe greatness to our God. The rock, his work is perfect, for all his ways are justice. A God of faithfulness and without iniquity, just and upright is he. They have dealt corruptly with him. They are no longer his children because they are blemished. They are a crooked and twisted generation. Do you thus repay Yahweh, you foolish and senseless people? Is not he your father who created you, who made you and established you? Remember the days of old, consider the years of many generations. Ask your father and he will show you, your elders and they will tell you. When the Most High gave to the nations their inheritance, when he divided mankind, he fixed the borders of the peoples according to the number of the sons of God. But Yahweh's portion is his people, Jacob his allotted heritage. He found him in a desert land and in the howling waste of the wilderness. He encircled him. He cared for him. He kept him as the apple of his eye. Like an eagle that stirs up its nest, that flutters over its young, spreading out its wings, catching them, bearing them on its pinions, Yahweh alone guided him. No foreign god was with him. He made him ride on the high places of the land, and he ate the produce of the field. And he suckled him with honey out of the rock, and oil out of the flinty rock, curds from the herd and milk from the flock, with fat of lambs, rams of Bashan and goats, with the very finest of the wheat, and you drank foaming wine made from the blood of the grape. But Jeshurun grew fat and kicked. You grew fat, stout, and sleek. Then he forsook God who made him and scoffed at the rock of his salvation. They stirred him to jealousy with strange gods. With abominations they provoked him to anger. They sacrificed to demons that were no gods, to gods that they had never known, to new gods that had come recently, whom your fathers had never dreaded. You were unmindful of the rock that bore you, and you forgot the God who gave you birth. Yahweh saw it and spurned them, because of the provocation of his sons and his daughters. And he said, I will hide my face from them. I will see that what their end will be, for they are a perverse generation, children in whom is no faithfulness. They have made me jealous with what is no God. They have provoked me to anger with their idols, so I will make them jealous." with those who are no people, I will provoke them to anger with a foolish nation. For a fire is kindled by my anger, and it burns to the depths of Sheol, devours the earth and its increase, and sets on fire the foundations of the mountains. And I will heap disasters upon them. I will spend my arrows on them. They shall be wasted with hunger and devoured by plague and poisonous pestilence. I will send the teeth of beasts against them with the venom of things that crawl in the dust. Outdoors the sword shall bereave, and indoors terror, for young man and woman alike, the nursing child with the man of gray hairs. I would have said I will cut them to pieces, I will wipe them from human memory, had I not feared provocation by the enemy, lest their adversaries should misunderstand, lest they should say, Our hand is triumphant. It was not Yahweh who did all this. For they are a nation void of counsel, and there is no understanding in them, If they were wise, they would understand this. They would discern their latter end. How could one have chased a thousand and two have put ten thousand to flight? 
unless their rock had sold them and Yahweh had given them up. For their rock is not as our rock. Our enemies are by themselves. For their vine comes from the vine of Sodom and from the fields of Gomorrah. Their grapes are grapes of poison. Their clusters are bitter. Their vine is the poison of serpents and the cruel venom of asps. Is not this laid up in store with me, sealed up in my treasuries? Vengeance is mine and recompense for the time when their foot shall slip. For the day of their calamity is at hand and their doom comes swiftly. For Yahweh will vindicate his people and have compassion on his servants when he sees that their power is gone and there is none remaining, bond or free. Then he will say, Where are their gods, the rock in which they took refuge, who ate the fat of their sacrifices and drank the wine of their drink offering? Let them rise up and help you. Let them be your protection. See now that I, even I, am he, and there is no god beside me. I kill and I make alive. I wound and I heal, and there is none that can deliver them out of my hand. For I lift up my hand to heaven and swear as I live forever, if I sharpen my flashing sword and my hand takes hold on judgment, I will take vengeance on my adversaries and will repay those who hate me. I will make my arrows drunk with blood and my sword shall devour flesh, with the blood of the slain and the captives, from the long-haired heads of the enemy. Rejoice with him, O heavens, bow down to him, all gods, for he avenges the blood of his children and takes vengeance on his adversaries. He repays those who hate him and cleanses his people's land. Moses came and recited all the words of this song in the hearing of the people, he and Joshua the son of Nun. And when Moses had finished speaking all these words to all of Israel, he said to them, Take to heart all the words by which I am warning you today, that you may command them to your children, that they may be careful to do all the words of this law. For it is no empty word for you, but your very life, and by this word you shall live long in the land that you are going over the Jordan to possess. That very day Yahweh spoke to Moses, Go up this mountain of the Abarim, Mount Nebo, which is in the land of Moab opposite Jericho, and view the land of Canaan which I am giving to the people of Israel for a possession, and die on the mountain which you go up, and be gathered to your people as Aaron your brother died in Mount Hor, and was gathered to his people, because you broke faith with me in the midst of the people of Israel at the waters of Meribah Kadesh, in the wilderness of Zin, and because you did not treat me as holy in the midst of the people of Israel. For you shall see the land before you, but you shall not go there, into the land that I am giving to the people of Israel. This is the word of the Lord. This song was, really it was introduced in the previous chapter. God is speaking to his people through Moses. This is a song that they are to remember, they are to memorize. Um, It is to act as a witness against them in all the years that are to come. That's the way the song begins. Heaven and earth are called as witnesses against this people. We've seen this in Deuteronomy three times already. Chapter 4, verse 26, chapter 30, 19, and then chapter 31, verse 28. A question for our children could be to talk about what does a witness do? And why would God be calling all of creation to witness against us? To testify against us? The answer to that second question is that creation, God had entrusted to our care, and so when we sinned, we broke his creation. So creation mourns just as well as we do of our sin. Creation is calling out to God 
for his help, and so it can bear witness against us. The teaching of Moses in the very first section, uh, the teaching of the Lord is to cover all of the earth. It's to cover all people, to be shared with all, and it is beneficial for all, uh, just like the rain, a tender rain is beneficial to all that God is is covering and, and caring for. The main point, Moses in verse 3, I will Proclaim the name of Yahweh, ascribe greatness to our God. That's what this is about. The rest of the song is going to be about the warning here of what happens when you don't do this, when you don't live this way for the Lord. So we see God is our solid foundation. He is our rock. You think of building a home, you need to have a solid foundation. Now, for our children, it could be neat to count how many adjectives are here in these first few verses describing God and his personality for us. Perfect, just, upright, faithful, without iniquity, etc. Good list. The opposites then come of God's people. We have dealt corruptly. We're blemished, crooked, twisted, foolish, senseless. Verse 6. Is not he your father who created you, who made you and established you? We can ask our children, what has God done for us? And even for this people then, Genesis and Exodus are an amazing account of God's faithfulness, his power, and his love for his creation. And we've abandoned that. Verse 7 shares what parents are given to do, that they would teach their children and the coming generations. Uh, Verse 8, we see uh, God giving us the land. He divided it among his people, but the people themselves are God's part. So we get land. God gets us as as his inheritance. Then uh, verse 10 is a reference to the Exodus account, God finding people in a desert land and wilderness. Verse 15, um, we have the Hebrew word jeshurun, which is the word upright in verse 4. It's kind of a sarcastic, uh, an ironic use of the word, that the people who were supposed to be upright, they grew fat. They took the gifts that God had given to them, they enjoyed them, and then they abandoned God. They scoffed at the rock of salvation which is a reference to Jesus. Psalm 118, verse 22, also Acts 4, verse 11, as we talk about the cornerstone that the builders rejected. Uh, That is definitely Jesus here in the text. Verse 18, that we forgot the God who gave us birth. Verse 19, God spurned us because we provoked him. We abandoned him. Uh, Question on 22, some people wonder what this word Sheol is. It's really, it's a Hebrew word that refers to the depths of the earth. Could be a grave, could be hell. Um, it has that flexibility in its, its uh, vocabulary usage. Verse 23 and forward gets into God's just judgment for all people. Um, imagine being forced to learn this song as you hear it and, and read through it. You have to memorize this and sing it on a regular basis so you have this warning daily before you. Sodom and Gomorrah show up in 32. It's not a list of cities that you want to be compared to, and yet God's comparing his people to it and their lack of faithfulness to him. Verse 36 gives us a reversal. Yahweh will vindicate. Yahweh will have compassion on his servants. When he sees their power is gone, so they finally are emptied. They're repentant because they realize they haven't been able to care for themselves, and they start to trust in God again. That's the challenge of verses 38 and 39. Let your false gods protect you. Oh, wait, they can't. 
So now maybe you'll finally see that it is I, even I, am he, and there's no God like me. I do these things, is the word of the Lord here. There's the wonderful challenge of verse 39. None can deliver out of my hand. This connects into the New Testament promise we hear from Jesus in John 10, verse 29, that no one can snatch you from the Father's hand. Wonderful connection there. Verse 46, skipping ahead here, we take to heart, Moses tells the people to take to heart all the words that he is giving them in this song, all this warning that they may teach their children, they may do what God has given them to do. This isn't empty. This is their very life. Because if they obey it, they will live long in the land. If they don't, they will die in the judgment of God. Moses' death is foretold in this very last section. You can read about the reasoning why with the Meribah Kadesh thing in Numbers chapter 20. But the place is going to be a mountain just east of the Salt Sea or the Dead Sea, um, just to the east of the Jordan River. So Moses will get to look across the Jordan from the mountain. He'll get to see into the promised land. But that will be his end. And we'll get that within the next couple of days. The Lord's blessings be with you.